Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week I share tips, knowledge, and strategies to help adults 50 plus reshape their health habits, lose weight, and prevent disease. Today I'm going to be talking about why women after menopause tend to gain more weight around the midsection, why I think every adult over 50 needs to include strength training in their regular exercise program, and three surefire strategies to stick to your good exercise intentions. Now we are still pretty close to the start of a new year, and you may still have some of that new year's motivation helping you get to the gym. But if motivation is your only strategy to get there, your good intentions likely won't turn into a habit because eventually life happens and motivation fades. I have a freebie for this episode. I call it the Understand Your Why questionnaire, and you can get a link to fill it out at reshapept.com forward slash four download. That's the number four download. It's a quick but deep survey to help you reflect on your real reasons to get healthy. As I'll discuss later, this is a very important first step so that you don't give up on yourself later down the road when you don't feel like going to the gym. I know you have a lot of listening options and it means the world to me that you tune in. It says a lot about your dedication to be the best version of yourself that you spend your listening time trying to gain knowledge and insight on how to become a healthier person. If you're finding value in this podcast, please click that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode and leave a review on your listening platform. This helps the podcast get seen by more people so that I can in turn reach and help more people get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. If you've been following my work, you know that I think exercise is generally overrated for losing weight, at least in the traditional terms that people think of for burning calories. I've covered why this is in a previous blog post where I reviewed chapter four, the exercise myth, and the obesity code book by Dr. Jason Fung. I'll link both to the book and that specific blog post in the show notes today. I'm going to be covering three main points in this episode. Point number one is why women have more fat mass, especially around the midsection after menopause. Point number two is why adults, especially those over 50, should include strength training in their workout routine. Point number three is why you shouldn't only rely on your willpower, motivation, or self-control to make it to the gym. Lastly, I'll give you three strategies you can use to make it much more likely that you will show up for yourself and complete your workout routine for the week with a sense of accomplishment and pride for following through on what you said you would do and that internal confidence that comes from doing something that you know is good for your health. If you have been battling the bulge and have noticed a change in your body over the last decade with more flab and less muscle, and you're not sure why, this episode will give you a bit of clarity into why you have more fat mass around the midsection after menopause. Maybe you have good intentions to start an exercise program, or you know you need to change it up and start strength training, but it just doesn't sound appealing, and you just don't want to. You've bought the clothes, equipment, new shoes, and they don't get as much use as they should. 
Knowing that you need to add strength training is not enough. You actually have to get to the gym and execute. That's why I'm covering both points in this episode, why you should strength train and tips to help you get it done. Even if you're not a female, the information I'm sharing with you is completely applicable to men as well. That's because both men and women see an increase in body fat and a decrease in lean body mass with age. Men definitely need to be strength training too. Let's go ahead and dive in to point number one, and that's why women gain more fat mass, especially around the midsection after menopause. With age comes changes in body composition naturally, and you're going to see an increase in fat and a decrease in lean muscle mass. You will also see more weight carried around the midsection after your estrogen levels drop with menopause. That's because estrogen is protective against belly fat and encourages fat distribution around the hips and thighs. When levels of estrogen drop, you lose that protection, so it's more likely to get weight around the midsection. There are things that you can do to prevent this loss in muscle mass, namely improve your nutrition, lower your stress, and add strength training to your exercise routine. That brings us to point number two why strength training should be a part of your lifestyle, especially if you're over 50. Exercise does play an important role in body composition. In other words, how much fat versus muscle you have. Muscle burns between seven and 10 calories per pound of muscle per day naturally, whereas fat mass only burns one to two calories per pound of fat per day. What that means is the more muscle you have, the higher your natural metabolism will be and the easier it will be not only to lose weight, but to maintain that weight. There are other benefits to strength training too. With enough protein in your diet, you will build muscle, improve your bone health, and prevent your risk of fractures, reduce your risk of falls, and have less joint pain because those joints are better supported by stronger muscles. But here's the deal. Most people, when they start out, don't enjoy strength training. They have been conditioned to think of exercise as effective only if they were breaking a heavy sweat or if they're, quote, burning a lot of calories during their workout. While you may burn more calories during 30 minutes on the treadmill versus 30 minutes of strength training in the actual 30 minutes that you're doing it, In the long run, strength training requires calories to repair and build muscle following a workout. And the muscle that you end up building burns more calories and boosts your metabolism. Now I'm definitely not saying stop all the cardio, but I'm encouraging you to add strength training a couple of times per week and that it's okay to replace your cardio with strength training for those workouts. You don't need to double up. That's because if you're strength training at a high enough intensity, you're going to notice that your heart rate goes up too. And in reality, you're getting both a strength and a cardiovascular workout and thus killing two birds with one stone. Let's talk about point number three, and that's why you shouldn't rely on your willpower, your motivation, or your self-control to make it to the gym. We have all been there, on the couch, in bed, or at work, knowing we should go to the gym 
or to that exercise class, but not wanting to go, not having the motivation to go. If you are relying solely on how you feel at a particular moment, i.e. when it's time to do your exercises, you will probably fail more often than not. Usually the body doesn't like to get outside of its comfort zone. When you are comfortable sitting on the couch or lying in bed or staying a little later at work, it will take some strong willpower to get uncomfortable. Think about it. You have to change your clothes, get your gear on, maybe drive somewhere, or at least get equipment out at home. And after all that, you actually have to do your workout. You may not cognitively process all of that information, but your subconscious brain does. And when it's making that split second decision, it will usually choose to stay comfortable. Your exercise plan should not be optional. Exercise is a crucial part of a healthy lifestyle, both in the sense of your physical, but in my opinion, perhaps even more important, your mental health. Exercise releases endorphins or hormones that make you happy. Exercise stimulates different parts of your brain that will increase your creative powers. It will help you feel strong physically and mentally to handle the challenges and stressors of everyday life. The key is, how do we overcome our subconscious lazy self and get our rear ends to the gym? I see this come up most often when people are trying to add strength training or flexibility training to their current exercise routine that's pretty heavy in cardio. Whether you are in the camp of already doing cardio but need to add strength training or you're in the camp of not doing any exercise at all and you just need to get started somewhere, the following strategies will help kickstart your efforts and make it more likely that you will follow through and keep the promises that you make to yourself. Let's talk about my three tips to make your good exercise intentions happen consistently. The first strategy is to understand your real underlying motivation behind wanting to get healthy. One of the most important steps to take before you actually take a step, pun intended, you guys are going to learn I love puns, is to understand your true motivation or reason why behind your desire to get healthy and add exercise or strength training to your routine. This is an often overlooked first step when starting any behavior change. I highly encourage filling out my understand your why questionnaire because your real why may just be the spark that you need to get up off the couch or out of bed and go exercise. I've always liked saying that it's easier to say no when you have your greater yes in mind. So what, or more likely who, is your greater yes. What or who is going to get you out of bed or off the couch? I've put together a short but incredibly meaningful form that you can fill out to give you clarity about your why. Once you have a deeper understanding of why you want to exercise, I want you to hold that in the front of your mind using the next strategy. To take that Understand Your Why questionnaire, just go to reshapept.com forward slash three download. My second strategy that I'm going to share to keep the exercise promises that you make to yourself is something that I've talked about before in this podcast, and it's called an implementation intention. 
It's worth repeating over and over and over again because I truly believe that they will spark behavior change. I got the term implementation intention from the Atomic Habits book by James Clear. He references one of many studies that prove the utility of implementation intentions to following through on what you intend to do. And I think that this study that he cited was really interesting. It was done in Great Britain in 2001, where researchers tried to improve the exercise habits of 248 people. Those people were split into three different groups. The people in group one were just asked to track how often they exercised. The people in group two were asked to track how often they exercised, but were also given information about the benefits of exercise, and the researchers explained how exercise could improve their health and reduce their risk for heart disease. So essentially, the people in group number two were given information and motivation. And then the people in group number three received everything as in group number two, but they were asked to formulate a plan for where and when they would exercise over the following week. Specifically, they had to fill in the statement, during the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on this day, at this time, in this place. In the first two groups, 35 to 38% of the participants exercised at least once per week. So not great results there. And there was no difference in the frequency of exercise between the first and second groups, meaning the motivational and educational information was not effective for actual behavior change. In the third group, 91% of people exercised at least once per week. That's over double the amount of people in group one and two. This clearly proves the effectiveness of writing down specific implementation intentions. Just saying that you want to change your habits is not likely to lead to lasting change. Having good intentions or a gym membership, new shoes or fancy workout clothes is not enough. If it's not in your calendar, it likely won't get done. Give your desired habit a place to live in your schedule. Declare it in writing using the following template. I will behavior, so exercise or whatever it is, at time in location because, and then insert your reason or insert your why. Changing the words that you tell yourself can help change your actions. Notice the difference between the poorly worded goal and the following two implementation intentions. Don't you feel more inspired to take action and clarity regarding what action is to be taken when hearing the latter two? So here's the first example that's poorly worded. I'm going to exercise three times this week. That doesn't do a lot for me, and I'm guessing it doesn't do a lot for you either. Here's example number one for how to use an implementation intention. I'm going to walk for 30 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 o'clock around the neighborhood because I know it will help reduce my stress so I can be a more present and patient wife. Here's the second example. I'm going to pack my exercise bag the night before and put it in my car so I can be ready to go to the gym before work for 45 minutes on Tuesday and Thursday this week. 
because it will help me focus better and be more productive throughout my day and let me get home sooner to my family in the evenings. Don't you just feel a little bit more motivated and inspired and clear on what action you need to take? I know I did. Here's the third strategy. I think this one's pretty creative and it's to flip the golden rule on yourself. We've all heard the golden rule to treat others how you would like to be treated. And I want you to flip that and instead treat yourself how you treat others. And when I say others, I mean people that you care about, love, and show up for every day. If you're listening to this podcast, you are likely a go-getter, a hardworking person who gives and gives, sometimes until there's nothing left for yourself. Remember what they tell you when you're onboarding an airplane to put your own oxygen mask on first and then help others? If you don't have any oxygen, you're no good to help anybody else. No one will fill your bucket for you. You have to show up for yourself in the same way that you show up for your friends and your family and your coworkers. Are you the type of person that would flake out on a dinner date with a friend because you're more comfortable on the couch? Are you the type of person that is late to work because you don't feel like getting out of bed? Probably not. If you've made a commitment to somebody else, especially if that commitment has a time and a place on your schedule, you are likely to follow through and show up for them. I want you to do that for yourself. Show up for yourself so that you can better show up for others. Okay, let's review the main points that I covered today. I covered a lot in this episode, and if your brain is anything like mine, a quick recap at the end of an episode can help remind me of which points I want to be sure to act upon. My first point that I discussed was why women have more fat mass, especially around the midsection after menopause. When estrogen levels fall, you lose the protection against belly fat, and you're going to see a more equal fat distribution between your abdomen and your hips and thighs. The second point that I discussed was why adults, especially those over 50, should include strength training in their workout routine. Not only will strength training boost your metabolism, it will help strengthen your muscles and bones, making it less likely that you're going to fall or fracture something. You will also just have better overall function and be able to climb stairs and get up from the floor and have less joint pain. The third point that I shared with you today is why you shouldn't rely only on your willpower, motivation, or self-control to make it to the gym. Remember how in last week's episode, I quoted James Clear in Atomic Habits when he said, self-control is a short-term, not a long-term strategy to change your habits. This rings true not only for breaking a bad habit like eating sugar, but starting a new habit like strength training. And lastly, I gave you three strategies that you can use to make it more likely that you're going to show up for yourself and exercise regularly. The first was to take my understand your why questionnaire and get a lot of clarity and pinpoint exactly why you want to get healthy. The second was to use implementation intentions to give your habit a place and time to live in your schedule. If it's not scheduled, it likely won't get done. And the third was to flip the golden rule on yourself and treat yourself, i.e. put yourself as a priority in your own life, show up for yourself and be kind to yourself, just like you do the people who you love the most. 
Remember to download my freebie, the Understand Your Why questionnaire that can help you reflect on your real underlying motivations to get healthy so that you can keep those top of mind when you're struggling to find the motivation to get out the door and to the gym. Don't miss this important first step. You can grab that at reshapept.com forward slash for download. As always, I want you to take action with what I talk about in these podcasts. So within the next 24 hours, I'd like you to practice making an implementation intention related to exercise. For example, I will walk for 30 minutes on Friday at 5 p.m. around my neighborhood because I know that this is good for my physical and mental health so I can show up and be a patient and loving spouse after a long week at work. Just make one for yourself and follow through. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope you found the information and strategies motivational and helpful on your journey to reshape your health. I also hope that you hear my voice in your ear the next time that you're tempted to skip your workout or not keep a promise that you made to yourself. Next week, I'm doing a research review. I picked an interesting article related to how to change your body composition, and I'll be discussing a high quality study that shows eating a higher amount of protein when you're losing weight can help you preserve your lean muscle mass, which is again desirable for long-term weight maintenance because muscle mass will boost your metabolism and make it more likely that that weight that you lose won't come back. I'll talk with you again at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.